Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about the Benchwarmers. Our exclusive internet podcast of Benchwarmers Baseball versus the bat, Richie Goodman. As always, I'm your host, Corbin Zavocal, and joining me is my agoraphobic sunscreen eating co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. Jack to be back for another episode of May Mania here, nearing the end of the month, which is fun. One of the last episodes, maybe we'll release, I don't even know, We've, we have a bunch coming out. But uh, I'm a little bit of afraid of the sun, I will. <laughs> I'll definitely admit that. Uh, sunscreen is a must, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. I think we got a great episode, and uh, I'll actually just go straight into- Great guest, too, even. Introduction of our guest. He is back. People have been clamoring for him a bunch. Uh, did one of my favorite episodes way back in the day, Jurassic World. A like really a- well listened to episode as well. Yeah. Got to shout out Sebasti supporters. A lot of views on that one. That's what I was saying. Everybody's been wanting him back since then. And we finally had to do it, bringing him back from May Mania. But uh, my good bud, Jacob Sebasti, welcome back to the pod, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I mean, off the top too, we are going into the the uh, the bench warmers here, which I think is a great pick from Sebasti. We can just throw it over to you a little bit to Jacob. And uh, what was kind of the reasoning you wanted to, to go into this film? Why, 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 why so serious? Let's see. I was on Netflix after I actually I just had listened to your streaming podcast. And I was like, I was like, you know what? Let me check out what's on Netflix. They said they haven't hit it up in a while. <laughs> so I like, got on there. I saw Bitch Warmers right away. And I was like, it's one of my all time favorite comedies. So I was like, I, we got to do it we got to and the timing works out perfectly we just did our baseball movie draft it's springtime uh bench warmers is like i feel like a classic film for people of our generation especially and you're right i mean we had we'd said we hadn't been on netflix in a while i think this is the first movie i've watched on netflix in a bit so giving the people a little bit of a netflix recommendation as well there you go yeah i honestly i don't <laughs> think i've been on netflix um Dude, I don't even know. It's been like I since I think like since Stranger Things or something. So it's been a long time for me too. So it's fun going back. I think this is a great movie to talk about. Like like you said, topical. It's baseball season two. So I, I think it'll definitely, you know, have some viewership there. But yeah, I'm excited. I think it's a good pick. Why don't we get into uh Do You Remember? Do you remember? And we'll start with you, Cody. Do you remember the first time you watched the bench warmers? This is a tough one because I feel like obviously we all saw this fairly young released um, in 2006 i believe yeah yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> pretty young there i don't know for sure obviously um around the years of like 2010 2011 maybe i mean we we're getting around that age where you're like 10 11 i think around there i saw it i don't remember the exact timing but i've seen this film a bunch i think this is around my fourth or fifth time i believe as a kid i think uh like three years in a row i watched it straight because i thought it was hilarious during the summer yeah, one of my childhood favorites as well, especially uh, baseball themed, which I'm a big baseball guy. It has been a while since I've seen it, though. So a, a rewatch was definitely fun. What about you, Sebastian? Oh, man. I, like you said, we were young. I mean, what, 2006, seven years old? I mean, I probably watched it like 2009. And I think I was maybe at my friend's house, like maybe Redbox. Maybe it was in Redbox. Maybe Ooh. we grabbed it out there. This definitely feels like a rental movie for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But uh, I couldn't tell you like the exact place. There's not a chance. <laughs> I, I'm in really the same boat. I think <laughs> I saw it for the first time at my friend Jake Mitchell's house. Believe it or not, a Jake that has not been on this podcast that I know. We've had plenty of guests <laughs> named Jake. But shout out Jake Mitchell. I think the first time I ever watched it 
was at his house and it definitely wasn't even in full. It's just, just it's one of those kind of movies, right? Like it, it might be on TV or you throw it on with your friends when we were growing up and you laugh because you're a dumb middle schooler and it's got those classic jokes. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was really cool to re-examine it now, 15, 16 years after it was released um, and kind of approach it as we're in our 20s. Let's talk about our initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam! About this one. Um, the first thing, which call me stupid, I, I don't know. Did you guys realize that this movie was called The Bench Warmers? Uh, I feel like I feel like I didn't even think of that. <laughs> just close that. <laughs> Maybe I think I just called it Bench Warmers. Yeah, I don't think. So I it's ever... a weird. I mean, like I, I don't know. Obviously, like movie titles, the it's it's an article that isn't necessarily important. But for some reason, in my memory, like this is just Bench Warmers. It's not the Bench Warmers. I don't know. Cody, call me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think you're a little crazy. I don't know. I feel like it's always been a the for me. Also, the the sick jerseys are always just burned in my mind too. And I they have the little the obviously in the corner. So. A little hard to miss, I would say. But uh, yeah, I think uh, just uh, one of my initial thoughts to the director of this film. I did not realize. Shout out Dennis Dugan. <laughs> Dennis Dugan, who I'm actually a fan of. Uh, obviously, if you've seen our grown up episodes, you know, that's one of my uh, Adam Sandler, uh, one of the favorites of, of his. And uh, he's also done Happy Gilmore, too. Which I really love that movie. Uh, he's done some other not so great ones. He did like Jack and Jill, which is uh, an obvious miss. I mean, the Sandman have worked on together. Obviously, this film, unfortunately, does not have Adam Sandler. But uh, I thought that was funny. So this is a Den Dennis Dugan, his second time on the pod. So Dennis, anytime you want to come on, uh, we're here, man. Appreciate it. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is obviously another, like you said, another Dennis Dugan. It's another Happy Madison, a third that we've done uh, between the wrong Missy and Grown Ups, like you mentioned already. Uh, but this is like a classic 78 minute plus, you know, maybe 10 minutes of credits runtime movie. Uh, it's just real silly. You've got, of course, Spade, Header, and Schneider at the lead, which is kind of like this weird trio, but would only really make sense in the year 2006. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is a strange one. I'm curious to think to see if you think it's better or worse than The Wrong Missy, Cody. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. When it comes to rating, it may be a bit close, I would say, but... Yes, I'll throw it over to you, Sebastian. What a, on a rewatch now these days, what were your initial thoughts? Initial, like going into it, because I, I have like this, uh, I don't know, like nostalgic feeling when I watch it. Almost like I feel like okay. a pool day, summer, eating pizza type of thing. Like, yeah. I started watching it and I was like, this is not really what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was still, obviously, it's funny. It's a classic, like, knee slapping comedy where you're just like okay these are obviously gonna hit because they're funny but maybe not the jokes i'm into as much anymore but <laughs> i still loved it i mean like i said it brings you like joy immediately so nostalgia yeah. i mean that the word you use right there like i think that is the perfect encapsulate encapsulation for sure and i agree too like this movie does just feel like summer <laughs> like i kind of yeah. feel like it's like pour me a glass of lemonade like let's watch this and uh, go jump in the pool later so i back that too i mean it's a lot of physical comedy which happy madison i feel like does do that a lot oh yeah but um especially in this movie i mean they really beat the crap out of some of these kid actors and especially the main three too there's a lot of just physical physical violence the main trio i don't hate i think rob schneider i'd say i'd probably like him the least out of the three but david spade and i and uh, john hater i think they're fairly funny they're also just really good at being like complete idiots which is obviously they're just their character straight up 
Rob Schneider, he's got some weird subplots and stuff that we'll definitely get into, but the main three core I, I do genuinely like in this movie too. So that's definitely a prop to it. Let's talk about the trailer. From the sandlots of Topeka, Kansas, to the ivy-covered walls of Wrigley Field, the game of baseball has always been played with dignity and grace. Ow! Dang it! Until now. Meet Richie, Gus, oh. and Clark. Gus! can't hear us. They were three guys who never got respect. Clark the Dork and Richie Itchy. <laughs> Until they took a stand. Hey, losers, get off this field. For the little guy. Stop picking on that kid. We have practice here, so go. You want the field so bad? We'll play you for it. But there are nine of us and three of you. Time to meet your makers. Makers of what? Poop. They couldn't hit. Where's the strike zone? Right there. They couldn't catch. Ew! Not so fast! But real strength. Hey, don't make me come out there! Come out here! I'll crush you! Oh. He said it. Comes from the heart. Oh. Idea. I want to start a tournament with you three incredible gentlemen. If we can beat all the mean teams from around the state, then kids like Nelson and his buddies will get respect. Let's teach those little bullies a lesson. One, two, three. Big You tools think you're athletes now? It's funny, I didn't know athlete had three syllables. Athlete, that's amazing. It's Reggie Jackson. He agreed to come and help us run some drills. This drill is for hand-eye coordination. <laughs> this is for your catch and release skills. Hot potato! Rob Schneider. No! David Spade. <laughs> release! John Heater. <laughs> I kind of really love like maybe I like this trailer more than the movie um, just purely based on the fact that like it's a specially crafted movie open with stuff that's not even from the movie it's got this big speech about the beauty of baseball and all this and then of course it jumps right into introducing us to our lovable losers of of the bench warmers I mean when I watched the tr I never seen the trailer like ever until like when I watched it last weekend Sunday I think I watched it or something and I watched it and I was like I don't think I've ever seen this and then I started watching I was like I feel like it's kind of giving me the funniest moments of the movie in the trailer that's a big thing that I, I was like dang these are like the most memorable moments of the movie in my head and I'm like seeing them in the trailer and I was like oh that kind of I mean, whatever. I never watched it, so it didn't matter. So. True. There's definitely all the highlights. I know, Cody, you always have that gripe with comedies and all the jokes being used up. Yeah, I really cannot stand that. It's literally every comedy release, too. Like, they throw in all the best moments. The one moment that they did leave out was the, uh, I believe the character's name was Carlos, right? The I am 12 guy. <laughs> that was out of the trailer, which I was super surprised about. But yeah, literally everything else was in there, which is not surprising coming from a comedy. But I'm kind of on the same page, you guys. Um, I did actually like this trailer. I definitely never seen it before, obviously. I don't know. Like, it focuses more on baseball, I think, than maybe the movie does altogether <laughs> off the top of the trailer. 
so I like that addition to it and it kind of uh, keeps it like super PG um, like they kind of take out some of the insults like they throw at each other like there's a there's a lot of uh, words flying in this movie in the trailer they kept it a little little more G than TV than... safe yeah sure yeah also what what is this movie rated is it PG-13 PG so okay. <laughs> it's different it was different back in 2006 man <laughs> i was like there's no way it's pg but at the same time like back in those days i wouldn't have been surprised but yeah, yeah. i mean there are no f-bombs or anything in this movie so like they, they you know they keep that pg-13 but it does feel a little weird being pg-13 i don't know that's strange i definitely was much younger than 13 when i saw this <laughs> i think everybody was but uh also i feel like if they did like if this movie came out today like they'd probably i don't know i think they might make it like r-rated and release it from that standpoint i think it'd be very close either way but yeah i don't think anybody um under the age of 13 was like stopped from watching this film so yeah i don't think (laughs) definitely not not a chance (laughs) i would say it probably most appealed to people under the age of 13 (laughs) (laughs) definitely a lot funnier in the trailer, of course, they got to show off that they got Reggie Jackson to be in this movie. Like, you, if you get Reggie Jackson, you got to show that he's in it. And honestly, I think they, in terms of like, you know, they show all the comedy bits. They also show every Reggie Jackson beat of this movie, pretty much. I mean, he's only in the movie for like five minutes. But yeah, I feel like uh, that's another terrible thing they do, too, is like give away cameos in trailers. Uh, they've done it a few times. Uh, a Million Days to Why in the West. They did one with Christopher Lloyd. There's tons of other examples too, but yeah, that's just stupid. I, that does not need to be included, I don't think. Got to get people in their seats. I don't even, that is actually, I don't know how much money this movie made. Normally I look that up, but let's see. Benchwarmer's box office, 65 million, you know, somewhat respectable, I would say, uh, worldwide. It's all right. What was the budget? I bet it, well, I, I bet I the, think the budget was, was like 33. 33 million. Yeah, yeah pretty high. I mean, I'm sure that's like <laughs> mostly Schneider Spade and maybe a little header coming off of uh, Napoleon. But yeah. Also, I mean, they built, did they actually build like a Well, like that? that's, let's get into the good. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> I'll start with the good. One of the things, that stadium set that they build at the end is pretty legit, I will say. It is a really cool stadium. Obviously, it brings in a lot of aspects of other famous stadiums, whether it's taking uh, the Green Monster and just making it the entire outfield or showing some ivy and representing Wrigley. But they definitely put a lot of money into it. Like, it's it's huge, big stadium set. Um, they also definitely paid for it with all the sponsorships that they had on the outfield, whether it was PlayStation, Pepsi, Net Zero, Champ Sports, Frito-Lay, Pizza Hut, Toyota. I mean, they they hit all the sponsorship deals in that stadium, but I think it's well worth it to, to have such a cool set like that in a movie like this. Oh, the cool thing is they built it in 24 hours, too. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Cody, what else you got for the good, man? Uh, I got a few stuff here. Uh, Reggie Jackson was on my list of good. I think his his little cameo was definitely fun. Past that, uh, a little thing about uh, the field too. I think the like the the kid announcers who are announcing most of the games, I think they're actually pretty good. I don't know if they went on to like a career in that field, but I would highly recommend it because uh, kid's got a great voice, good color, uh, good color commentator as well. From the little girl shout out. Um, past that, I just got to bring it up right off the bat. I think uh, my favorite part of this movie by far is the Carlos character I already mentioned. The I am 12 scene is iconic and by far my favorite line from the entire thing. They play Gasolina in the background too when he's like hitting homers and pitching, which is awesome. 
and uh, he's also smoking cigs the entire time he pitches. <laughs> Ripping darts on the mound. That is could be the move. <laughs> Sipping <laughs> some, some plastic bottle tequila. Yeah, great the only way they defeat him is just by getting him absolutely hammered. Yeah, by far my favorite character. Also an actor from Prison Break, which is a, a great show if you have not seen that either. But yeah, Carlos for me is is really the cherry on top of this movie. Like I said, like for our generation, this movie is extremely important and particularly maybe even people a couple years older, like my brother was 13 when this movie came out and it was like prime time for him. But there's so many things about it that have kind of transcended and become memes because people our age who have gone into the social media world remember this movie and then make jokes about it, whether it is like we said, the I am 12 thing or fucking beef stew or like whatever it may be. There's just, there's so many things about this movie that, are more memorable than the movie itself, I would say. I agree. Throw it over to you, Sebastian. What's your good? My good, it's kind of deep. It goes into the plot, you know, kind of a little bit. It's a, yeah. uh, It does try to fight against bullying a little bit, you know? I mean, it tries to put a good connotation on kind of the odd kid. I mean, it kind of goes against it in some ways also. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> not the, yes, it's not the most straight and narrow, effective, like, yes, bullying is bad. But as a general concept, I do agree with like the overarching message of the movie is positive for sure. Yeah, it tr- it tries to go against it. They just uh, they definitely get some bad moments in there. We will talk about them. We will talk about it for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, some other things that I thought were good about this movie. Um, I actually, I I know Cody, you're not you don't think Rob Schneider could play baseball, but I think in general the baseball scenes are relatively well done and believable. I think the kids in particular are like, they got legit kids that knew how to play baseball. I shared a little bit of a thing with you guys before we recorded this, where like a future Cincinnati Reds pitcher, John Moscott was 14 years old and was one of the pitchers. And so they had like kids who were legitimate little leaguers, pretty good going in, pitching, hitting. And then I think they made it at least look like Rob Schneider knew what he was doing <laughs> yeah i don't know if i buy that uh rob schneider's good at baseball personally but uh i think you're right the baseball sequences are. i mean good. he's good enough to beat up on some 12 year olds i think <laughs> like he's a he's a grown man yes he can hit dogs like I, like I can 30 homers though i don't know we need to check the bat I think. on a 200 foot fence <laughs> it's probably so is that even him making the swings that's that's my whole yeah, question all they, the swings are from behind <laughs> you, yeah. never, you never see Who's his stunt double? I want to know that. <laughs> yeah, I think the kid actors are pretty good. That was another one of my positive. Kind of, I mean, the announcers obviously I like, but uh, John Lovitz, like his kid, uh, the beef stew kid, I, I think is pretty good. Nelson. Yeah, Nelson, thank you for kid actors. So shout out to the kid actors. One other thing I wanted to uh, point out in this category as well. I don't know why, but I think everything with uh, Howie, the agoraphobic character, <laughs> I think that is really funny. Him um, eating, you know, sunblock, not the best. That That's probably my least favorite. But him at the beginning, like, being scared uh, of, like, light in the closet and, like, slamming the doors and stuff, uh, making fun of the uh, the Girl Scouts and stuff like that. I don't know why, but I find that very, very funny. So, shout out Howie, underrated character, I think, in this film. I'd agree with that. <laughs> the, the last thing that I really had is, and this is a bit of a stretch, but I think there are some callback references type stuff to like other baseball movies where there's like at least a little bit of an appreciation. So some of these again are a stretch, but 
Uh, first of all, you know, they do go to Pizza Hut, which you could say is a, is a callback to the Bad News Bears, where they have all their team meetings at Pizza Hut. Uh, the ending itself is very Bad News Bears, where the, the team kind of turns on their coach and helps the other team win. Obviously, in the original Bad News Bears, it's just one player. This is the whole team. Um, but it's kind of that general like, oh, they're having fun. We should just have fun and play baseball. Um, John Lovitz, you could say, is a callback himself as the uh, scout from a league of their own. So he's a classic baseball actor. He brings this team together in the same way that he brought some of those Rockford peaches together, uh, you could say. Uh, Darth Vader <laughs> is, the, is voiced by James Earl Jones. And uh, of course, there's a little cameo by the voice. And of course, James Earl Jones is in both Field of Dreams and The Sandlot. Uh, there's the quote, if you build it, nerds will come. Again, a reference to Field of Dreams. And then uh, you take you bring in Reggie Jackson, again, iconic Mr. October, and he's basically doing uh, karate kid drills. So uh, there's a reference <laughs> to a sports movie. So this, this movie is just all about love for other movies. Love that. A culmination of all the best uh, baseball movies. Just throw it all into one. That's that's what they're saying here. So. And Darth Vader. <laughs> and Darth Vader, exactly. <laughs> I will say the John Lovitz character, I think he's great. He's like this ultimate, like rich nerd fantasy. He's got all the Star Wars stuff like we've talked about. He's got fucking Kit from Knight Rider as his car. He drives the Batmobile around. I mean, he's basically that like, what would a nerd do with a billion dollars? And I think that is really well done. The Kit reference I do like a lot too. So shout out Lovitz. Uh, Sebastian, do you have any other goods for us? No. (laughs) It's it's hard to find him. I I completely understand. Let's move over to the bad. And we'll get you get it started. Sebastian, what's the bad about binge formers? Honestly, I, I kept it to like my biggest gripe. And it was uh it was the side characters for me and the way their delivery was of their lines. <laughs> oh my god. Like the Brad from the mitt store. Every time he like every time he talked, I was like, get this guy off the screen. I was like, oh my god. But I would say probably just the side characters. I mean, obviously. It's not a big budget film. You're not going to have the greatest, but that was probably my biggest thing. None of it was believable for me for the side guys. The extras gotcha. (laughs) Oh yeah. They got me. I love that. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that is like one of the biggest pitfalls of this movie, whether it is a budget thing or, or whatever it may be like, just the fact that outside of our main three, like none of these guys are anybody like there's just nobody with any charisma or interest. Like I just wish one of the coaches was somebody who was like some great, like former SNL. Like I wish they could have just, obviously Tim Meadows is probably like the most recognizable, um, the African-American guy, the one who has Carlos on his team. He's obviously the most recognizable of the coaches, but like none of them, none of them have that same star quality that, that Schneider and Spade and, and Header have. Yes. I agree. I think that was a perfect opportunity uh, for like some fun cameos, kind of just people in the Adam Sandler verse a little bit. I mean, obviously this being a Dennis Dugan film, you could have got better people than than the people I think they did get. So definitely a good point. I have a few to go through here. My my first one off the top <laughs> is, uh, we already mentioned, but product placement. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous in this movie. Pizza Hut has a massive shout out, PlayStation as well. Diet Pepsi, Star Wars. It just goes on and on and on and on. And um, I feel like as a kid when you're watching this, like that's not something you would think about at all. But I feel like, you know, watching it now, that is something that ridiculously stands out. It's like, yeah, I get you needed to pay for the movie and the new stadium and stuff, but like they're just shoving it in your face every two seconds. The Star Wars stuff I actually do think is cool though. Um, so I'm not sure how they got all of that in. Maybe Disney 
kind of let them pass. Or maybe well, this is before Disney. This is yeah, that's the thing. Oh, 2006. God, I forgot about that. So but, uh, George Lucas was probably yeah. signing off on this. <laughs> Dennis Dugan knows George Lucas or something. I'd love to see that collab. I mean, uh, this is the same year Revenge of the Sith comes out, or it's the next, it's the year after Revenge of the Sith comes out. So, like, okay. Star Wars is is prime time right now. The prequels are just finishing up. They they got to keep that money moving. That is interesting. Maybe it was kind of a it was a smart thing from George then, getting more people, uh, getting baseball fans uh, into Star Wars or something. I don't know. But uh, anyways, I got a couple other things. I'll hit on one and then throw it at you, Corvo. But I think the thing that I like least about this movie is uh, John Lovitz's robot butler. (laughs) I don't know if it was because as a kid, I didn't even remember this uh, subplot, but it's just kind of really weird and out of place. And all of his lines are ridiculous. And he makes like Skittle sandwiches out of nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear you guys' thoughts, but I dislike the butler. I hated the butler. (laughs) (laughs) yeah everything you did i hated yeah <laughs> could be better though like hey maybe we can uh fix it with some recasts later who knows <laughs> <laughs> well but i want to hear some of your bad score beyond just like i don't really think it's that funny <laughs> anymore like that's obviously a big knock on what is supposed to be a comedy movie if it still doesn't like really work or make me laugh in the same way that it did is i mean that's just not a, being effective right i think in the end when schneider like has his little apology and then i think he just probably gets off a little easily like he just says sorry and then then marcus is just like oh yeah it's fine like this guy is the greatest person ever everybody should forgive him he came to my house like he goes to the st- i mean that's probably a little bit uh let off a little bit a little easy i'd say on top of that what do you think about david spade constantly saying i ticked it instead of i tipped it that has got to be that is the most annoying thing to me i don't know what it is but every time he like foul tips a ball he says i ticked it i ticked it and it just pisses me off so much honestly i didn't even notice that uh maybe that's that sounds like a, a personal issue, maybe just a vendetta you have against David Spade. But yeah, I think, um, I mean, they're they're trying to act like they don't know any of the terminology. Right. Obviously, they don't know the sport, but it's like one of those things. Where it's like the only place I've ever heard. Like, that's the thing. I don't know if it actually is a joke or if that's like, is it big brained enough where it's like, yes, David Spade is purposely saying the wrong thing. Or did they just write it in a dumb way? I is think David I think it was meant for you. Like people like, meant to, yeah, <laughs> just to piss you off. I think that's what it was for. You're probably right, and they succeeded. So good job. Shout out Dennis Dugan and, and all the crew. Shout out David Spade for being meta. Uh, I did have one other thing I wanted to bring up as well. Here, it's kind of like a main and Rob Schneider. His whole arc obviously is weird with with the bullying thing, but what I found even stranger was uh, the arc with his wife. Basically, his wife is like begging to have sex with him the entire movie, and he refuses to do it, which I thought was a weird plot line. Uh, and I guess it's just because he's scared to have kids because he's worried they're going to end up like him where he's bullying people or they're getting bullied. I don't really know, but I just thought it was weird the first half of the movie. He's basically just denying sex from his wife the entire time, which I feel like is maybe a Rob Schneider thing to do, but kind of just a strange thing to do in general. Well, that kind of gets into my ugly a little bit so we can <laughs> we can move swiftly over to the ugly. I mean, the whole I, I think the whole like wife storyline is just kind of really poorly integrated. Obviously, like his whole thing is that he's just like lying to her and not telling her. He's, he says he's at a 
lawn or like a landscaping convention or some bullshit. And you know, that's not good. Definitely shouldn't lie to your wife. Um, like you said, just like not wanting to have sex with her because he doesn't want to have a kid. It's all very strange. And then again, his wife is just like, Oh, I forgive you. Like lets him off pretty easily in the end where it's like, come on, man, you were pretty shitty for a while and she's just going to be okay with it. I don't know about all that. I mean, he must be a great guy. I mean, he pulled her. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, it's, it is, again, the classic thing where it's like this beautiful woman with Rob kind of Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, I mean, he's a comedian. I can't speak. I, I can't say anything, but yeah. At least he's funny. Also, I mean, David Spade uh, matching up with a Pizza Hut girl, too. I mean, what is that combo? Like, there's no, there's no zero percent chance uh, that's happening in real life as well. But I mean, yeah, it, it gets into the thing of like, clearly there was not any women involved in the making of this movie <laughs> from one. There's no like female characters that have any serious role outside of being the love interest or the the hot girl at Pizza Hut that David Spade wants to go for. Um, yeah, it's just not great. And that kind of leads into one of my uglies too. I feel like um, there aren't really a lot of kind of people in this universe. There's kind of like the nerd slash losers. And then uh, obviously the hot girls. So those are your two main categories. And then everyone else is just like this meathead jock who's like a complete asshole. Like everyone is just under one of these umbrellas. There's no kind of in between, I don't think, anywhere. Uh, but the meathead jocks, I feel like especially, uh, we're kind of just ugly in general. Their dialogue, I feel like, was really bad. And of course, the females' dialogues were even worse. Uh, this movie comes nowhere near passing the Bechtel test. Uh, which is not surprising for obviously the timing of the release and you know the production style and all that stuff but yeah kind of just all the characters are boring and, and all the same i think yeah and i mean like none of the coaches are great they also do the one thing where they like make one of the coaches gay and it's like a weird joke but it's kind of interesting because like the coaches don't seem to give a shit about it but then like David Spade and Ralph Schneider are like, oh, look at this guy. He's getting a massage. Um, you know, cl just classic 2000 stuff. The Marcus Elwood stuff, like his character, like we've talked about a little bit. Obviously, the whole idea is, oh, he, you know, apologizes and I shouldn't have made fun of you and a kid. But then he still really ends up kind of being the joke of the movie to a certain extent. Like he appears in that final scene and people are still kind of laughing at him. And then the, the guy who is the henchman from where the Millers is like, Oh, I want a little person of my own. And he like grabs a little, like a guy and just wraps him up in his arms. And that stuff is, is weird because it's like your whole message of the movie is to not make a joke out of this. But in the end, we're still going to play it for laughs in this final moment. Agreed. Oh yeah. That was, that was definitely part of my ugly is uh, at the the like final scene of the movie in Pizza Hut, they're like throwing him around. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was like, you're supposed to be nice to this guy. For sure. Definitely made a little bit. I did have a couple other things too. A lot of ugly in this movie. But my big one was actually uh it goes along with the coaches. There's a lot of titty twisting in this movie. <laughs> and it leads to like physical damage like permanent physical damage <laughs> like john lovitz obviously that's not actually him but him flashing you know years and years of titty twisters what it did to his body like come on man at some point these guys got to stop giving you titty twisters you think so i think that's tough and then i mentioned off the top, or at least you would become like impervious like you'd get calluses essentially like <laughs> at some point can the titties be twisted more i'm not sure good question uh we, we could probably do some research find out but um, my other big thing, which I did mention earlier, but I mean, there's so many just kids taking absolute hits in this movie. Um, I mean, off the top, Rob Schneider in like the first scene or so, 
just intentionally beans a kid. Uh, <laughs> <baseball>. <laughs> what about uh, when he one? I don't remember which one. One of them drop kicks the catcher. <laughs> just is going home. Just absolutely takes him out. Like I don't think that's legal. I'm not sure. I don't think that's a, a clear baseball move. But yeah, charging you know ten year old catchers as well uh, with karate kicks to the face is pretty tough. Uh, also chucking bats into people's cars. <laughs> It's funny. I'll give you that. It's still pretty tough. So a lot of physical and, uh, you know, uh, emotional damage in this movie, but. Benchwarmer property damage number is pretty high, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But yeah, the, the physical toll of some of these kids, I, I do question. Sebasti, uh, what other ugly stuff do you have? Anything? Because to me, I was, when I was going into it, I was like, oh, I remember, like, this is a kid's movie. Like, it's a PG-13 like it's a kid's movie and then as some of the lines were coming out and some of the scenes were coming i was like maybe this like is it supposed to be a kid's movie i was like some of the stuff i'm like like even like the whole wife thing like trying to get her pregnant seems a little adult it's true like like, did did, i i don't know if we probably understood that when we first watched it like the the main plot of this is this guy is trying to impregnate his wife yeah her talking about her like ovulation schedule me as a kid I'm like, I don't have a clue. Like, I don't know. I thought that was all weird. Like there was a lot of adult tones and like what I thought was supposed to be like kind of a kid movie. Yeah, it is a weird thing because it's like the humor isn't necessarily adult enough to like really make mature people laugh in a serious way, but it's also not the subject matter isn't necessarily super appropriate for kids. So it's kind of this in-between thing. Yeah, perfect for like the, 13 to like 15 range I think. yeah exactly <laughs> they know their audience yeah. <laughs> uh any other last ugly stuff guys i think i think we covered pretty much the entire we hit a lot of it yeah <laughs> there, i mean let's be fair there's probably some we missed as well but yeah. <laughs> let's uh take a quick break and we'll be uh right back and we're back with whose line is it anyway We're going to be throwing out some quotes from the movie and guessing who said them. I'll get it started with my first one. You can go to nerdly.net, benchwarmers.org, or please stop with the shit tossing. It's getting old.com. Who said that? <laughs> please stop with the you got shit that code? tossing. It's getting old. It's a good quote. I believe I know it. Sebastian, do you know uh, who says that? Uh, 100%. 100%. I missed you want me to story. say it? Go for it. You go for it. That's uh, that's my main man, Nelson, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, my favorite I, of the little kids, I would say. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nelson. He's he's the best. He's the cutest. Um, he you also feel the worst for him. I mean, he gets a couple farts ripped right in his face in the opening minutes of this film, which is not great. Throw that <laughs> in the ugly as well. Um, I really just wanted to pull off this quote because just like three random URLs. They're they're like, oh yeah, we just grabbed them all up for the bench warmers and. For some reason, I mean, benchwarmers.org, that one makes perfect, like that's probably all the, the only one you needed, uh, but I guess they covered all their bases with nerdly.net and please stop with the shit tossing, it's getting old.com. <laughs> yeah, long long URL, I don't know who's talking about that, in, but I respect it. Uh, I'll kick another one here. Uh, mine's pretty simple. You're still fat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a classic. I, I almost I had this written down originally as well, Cody. <laughs> nice. Uh, this is of course David Spade that says this. Yeah, correct, Richie. And uh, for some context too, he is talking to a ten-year-old catcher, <laughs> <laughs> calling little kids fat. 
since uh, 2004. So shout out to him. But, you know what he yeah. says right before that, Cody? He says, I ticked it. I ticked it. <laughs> Fuck you, David Spade. <laughs> Sebastian, what do you got for us? Uh, I got, I told Gus that we would be there. And if we don't show up, that makes me a liar. And that's mm. not what I'm about. Not now, not ever. <laughs> Probably the best uh, delivered line in the entire movie. Really some serious dialogue there. Corbin, do you know who this is said by? I believe I've guessed. Uh, I, I do. In, I, I mean, I could tell you the location. I could tell you who it's said to. <laughs> I mean, this movie, man. <laughs> Got to give a love uh, to our, our boy Napoleon, man. I think that's kind of the beauty of this movie as well, which we haven't talked about a ton, but it is like unbelievably quotable. Like, I feel like just going through these, like, we know exactly the scene, exactly who's saying it at all times. And I'll throw out another one. I already talked about it a little bit, but I am 12. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, does he actually say the line? I guess he does, right? Yeah. He says it and writes it. Um, Of course, we both know that this is uh, the man from the Dominican Republic, the world's greatest 12-year-old, Carlos. (laughs) <laughs> Silencio, go God, man. He has to have the best stats uh, from a 12 year old in history. So, shout out to him. That first version could be legit as well. Legitimate. He's got documentation, guys. It's okay. Crisp $10 bill. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got any quotes? Any other quotes? I got one more for you. <clears throat> Marcus, stop trying to cast spells. Who says that? Oh, I don't even know her name, though. Oh, I don't it's know her name. Mom, right? It's Marcus's <laughs> mom, but I don't know her name. <laughs> Yeah, I think her name is just Marcus's mom. Uh, I didn't check to see if she was credited or anything, but I wanted to bring it up because I had a little fun fact about this woman. Ooh. The actress who plays Marcus's mom is Mary Jo Catlett, and she is the voice of Mrs. Puff from SpongeBob SquarePants. And it was, it was really weird. I was just watching this, and I heard her go, Marcus, stop trying to cast spells. I was like, that sounds so fucking familiar. What is that? I looked her up, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Mrs. Puff from SpongeBob. Uh, roll the clip here and see if you guys hear it. Marcus, stop trying to cast spells. Marcus, stop trying to cast spells. Beautiful. <laughs> Mother of Marcus and great driving instructor, I guess. I don't know. Jack of all trades. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> For what Cody was saying, though, when I was watching this movie, I, like, was sitting there. Haley was next to me as I'm watching it. I'm just sitting there, like, rattling off, like, the next line, like, <laughs> one after the other. Locked and, and like, loaded. Yeah, she was like, how many times have you seen this? I was like, I think a hundred times. I, was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm just, I know the movie for some reason. Awesome. Cool. We'll move over to Invite Fight Night. I dumped thee. So, William, Sebastian, we'll start with you. Who would you invite on a podcast? I got to invite my man, Mel, the nerd of all nerds. I, I got to know, how did you make your billions of dollars to buy your- There's a mystery to uncover. Trillion dollar house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? That's exactly who I had as well. I mean, we, first of all, we got to get to the bottom of the money. And then we also got to try and get a little bit of the, that money coming our way as well. If you get John Lovett's uh, Mel on the podcast, I feel like he's instantly probably buying us a new studio. I mean, just, uh, yeah, I've, the opportunities are endless there. And unfortunately, I am feeling a little greedy today. <laughs> That's every day. I actually had the exact same thing, uh, which is super. I think it's the cap first where everyone has picked uh, the same uh, category here. So shout out. But uh, yeah, I mean, same thing as you guys are saying. 
I just want to know how he made so much money. And like, I mean, he basically gave all these kids like a crazy amount of gifts the entire time. So he's going to bring something on. And also, I mean, viewership wise, this guy's reaching out to millions and millions of people. So yeah, I think it's a win-win kind of all, all ways you can look at it. And uh, also John Lovitz is just really, really funny. And I think it'd be entertaining. So shout out to him. And he could like gather up all his nerd friends and we'd double our audience. It'd be huge. It'd be fucking sure. sick. Sure. Sure. Johnny work again. <laughs> Please come on. We need you. <laughs> all right. Fight. Sebastian, who do you want to fight? This is easy for me. I'm fighting number seven. The butler is getting the hands, man. <laughs> that guy's going down. Cannot stand the butler. Do you Are think you... you could take him? What if, you know, he pulls out a gun sandwich or something? <laughs> There's not a chance. I'm losing the fight, but I'm there. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. If, hey, if a world with number seven is a world you do not want to be a part of. So There you go, yeah. That was my first thought. Uh, the more I thought about it, so I feel like number seven, he's probably caught a couple hands from, from a few people. He's just a dick that way. Somebody who really didn't catch any hands this entire movie and really needs to. I want to fight Gus, man. I like, like you're saying, Corbin. Gus Bus. Yeah, terrible nickname as well. Uh, but I mean, he apologizes like 40 years later for bullying and somehow gets away with it. So that's tough. And uh, yeah, he's just beating up on little kids on, on a hundred on foot field. So uh, yeah. I would love to deck Rob Schneider straight in the face personally, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that might even be uh outside of the movie, right? <laughs> some strong feelings. <laughs> Listen, kids can be dicks, but he was like, probably the worst. And uh, he did some pretty bad things to Marcus. So not great uh, for fighting? me. All the coaches suck. Like, pick any of them they're all equally just like the worst pot because that's the thing it's like we said rob schneider's a dick you know but he's still the hero of this movie because there are effectively worse people they these guys were bullies when they were kids but then they grew up to be adults who continue to be bullies so pick any of the coaches they all deserve a, a little bit of a kicking you're not gonna pick a pick a specific one dude which one no i'll fight them all at once we'll tag team the three of us versus the four of them we got them all right they're gonna, the titty twisters are gonna be handed out like crazy I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah we're screwed we gotta we gotta come prepared with like some thick vests or something on i don't know bat <laughs> some tassels yeah something <laughs> that'll work though <laughs> all right last one here night sebastian who do you want to knight i'm knighting my boy howie overcame his fear of the sun i mean we're working on the moon but overcame the fear <laughs> well, of the sun <laughs> uh he wins the game True for him against Carlos. I mean, the unstoppable force of Carlos. He wins the game. I mean, that's my man. There's a lot to be said about a teammate who can uh, take a ball, take a pitch a to, to the yeah. to the side. I mean, you got to respect that. You you like a guy that stands in there and uh, takes a base. Yeah, I mean, he took a beaning from the best twelve year old of all time in little league, so it did not feel good. So shout out Howie. I backed that completely. That on base percentage too. I mean, the money ball guys would love him. <laughs> He gets on base. Billy Bean is giving them a call immediately after that game. <laughs> yeah, I like that pick. My pick, it's actually going to be multiple people here, but it's just going to be that construction crew who uh, built the new stadium. Like uh, the home that. improvement 24-hour crew, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me, I think it is kind of a play of like Extreme Home Maker, Extreme Home Makeover Edition, excuse me, uh, which is a great show back in the day. I think it's kind of playing off that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that stadium is just ridiculously nice. Even if you have, like, a pool out in, in right field, I believe, 
uh with like and you can play playstation at the same time while you're in it craziness so uh shout out the just the designers and all the people who kind of went into building that stadium ridiculously cool i think for like a kid's little league park do you guys remember the character marty does that name ring any bells marty it rings a bell, but I can't think of. Marty is the old guy at the video store, David Spade's oh. boss. And uh, I want to knight him. For, I mean, first of all, you got to work with David Spade every day. I completely understand why you're a crabby old man. Like, that's deserving of a knight right there. Just happened to see his uh, awful haircut and mustache every <laughs> single day. Um, and then also, I just want to shout out, played by Dennis Dukin's dad. So a little fun little cameo there. Get your dad in your film. That's cool. Like the, I believe in one scene as well, he's walking around the video store in his boxers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, props to him, man. That's not easy to do in these, you know, these days. So, respect to him. The recast. Bond. James Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Cody, who do you want to recast? I got a couple people I definitely want to eliminate here. Um, first off, I'm going to go completely obvious. Uh, I do want to get rid of Rob Schneider. Like I said, for me, just not the most believable. And you know who I'm going to replace him with. I mean, this is the Dennis Duke <laughs> film. How is Adam Sandler not in this film? Him in the lead role, I think, would be great. Uh, you can kind of really bend the script around him as well. And I think you would make the movie like, like probably at least 10 times better. So, yeah, give me more Sandman always. I think that's the uh, the obvious choice. Get Sandler in for sure. Um, I didn't really like replace any of the lead people. I went more supporting side characters. The coaches just need more charisma. You could bring in the whole Happy Madison crew, make Chris Rock one of them, make Kevin James one of them. I don't know if I love that, but if we want to grab an SNL comedian, someone who I think would have actually killed the coach role, Norm MacDonald. Uh, you know, former legend, uh, obviously rest in peace, but I think he's just got that dry humor. He could play just the real dick asshole coach. I think Norm MacDonald could kind of play up the, oh yeah, I'm just a guy's guy kind of thing. I like that. Obviously a recent uh, rip, but really, really funny comedian. So I like that a lot. Yeah. Shout out Mr. McDonald. Uh, Sebastian, you got a recast for us? I have one recast and that is Fairy Jerry's gone. <laughs> and we're, we're replacing with uh, Rob wriggle we're getting we're getting the man in there i think he uh i think he pumps it up a little bit he's loud he's funny i mean i think it might it might bring a little charisma like corbel's corbin's talking about rob wriggle definitely has like baseball dad energy so like i think that's the perfect like he's definitely played like a little league coach in something right like he's had to yeah, you'd be perfect for it if he hasn't. But I like both those picks from you guys. Underrated comedians. Rob Riggle is one of my favorites too. Shout out Twenty One Jump Street. Love that movie. <laughs> um, I do have one more to throw out there, and um, I actually I've been talking him up the entire episode, but I'm gonna recast Howie. I don't know who the actor is, but they're pretty good. But uh, I wanted to throw in uh, Kevin James into this film, of course. <laughs> and I couldn't find a role that I really liked for him in the main three. <laughs> So I was like, who's next best? Howie, just Kevin James, like eating sunblock. I need to see that immediately, I think. So that was my main reasoning. But I do like, you know, the actor of Howie. But I think Kevin James would be a little bit more funny. Nick Swarsden is uh, Richie Cody. Yeah, I think he's in a decent amount of like... Or Howie. Well, but I still... He plays that drunk guy, the drunk guy in Grown Ups, right? 
yeah, he's, I mean, he's a much, he's in just go with it. He's in 30 minutes or less as well. I think he's one of the, he's fucking Danny McBride's boy in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. He's just a, he's always an extra, I feel like in, in kind of these comedy movies like that. So I guess, you know, it, it's kind of tough getting rid of him because he's a nobody anyways, but <laughs> it's Kevin James and <laughs> respect to him. Here's my, here's my number seven pick and this will fix it for everyone. Michael Caine, make it happen. What do we think? <laughs> Is it like robot Michael Caine or is it actually Michael Caine? Yeah, robot Michael Caine. He can't he can't fully be <laughs> Alfred. We gotta play off a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna say we're just snagging Alfred. <laughs> yeah, again, Batman Begins, I think also released in 2006. So he's just doing double duty, really. True. I like it. If, I like it if he's not a robot, but if he's a robot, I'm probably out. Yeah. <laughs> if Everybody's still a critic. sandwiches out of his belly, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, same, same. You just, just you guys got to try one of the sandwiches before you judge. That's all I'm saying. Before Sebastian punches him in the face, he's got to try that Skittle sandwich. <laughs> It'll break my hand. Yeah. Rating, guys. Do you like me? Out of sixty nine, which is I think for this movie more fitting than most. Cody, what do you want to give this movie out of a sixty nine? Oh, really man. curious, man. I don't. I kind of want to go last, but I'll start us off. I don't know where to place. Do it. you want to hear what? You know, you've uh, where you've placed some of those other classic Happy Madison productions. I do actually, because I mean, I think I had grown ups around the fifty five range, and the wrong Missy that was much lower, I believe. You I gave the wrong Missy a thirty four, and grown ups a fifty three. Hell yeah, great rating for grown ups. <laughs> um, initially, in my notes, I did have this down. Chicken a- Little was a ten, and Paul Blart was a twenty. So there's some more <laughs> gauging for you. <laughs> Oh, this movie's 10 times better than Chicken Little. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I do like this movie more than The Wrong Missy. Um, so I, I'm going to place it above that 34 mark. I think I'm going to go a 37 out of 69. I feel like that's fairly respectable. Maybe a little bit of nostalgia speaking there. Uh, you guys' mating, I don't even know where they'll be at, actually. It's Corbin's, you'll probably be a much lower, but i think 37 is fair i like this movie a decent amount and it's definitely one i'll rewatch down the road so here's two that are just ahead of it for you cody at 38 the last jedi and oh. at 39 ender's game oh no <laughs> well i guess that's fair last jedi that should be down with chicken little honestly but yeah i think that's a decent range for it <laughs> i will not take any more last jedi slander so let's move on for me it is like you said gonna be low my two lowest films are, in fact, The Wrong Missy and Grown Ups, believe it or not. Uh, so this is actually right in between those two. I don't think it's as good as Grown Ups, but I definitely think it's better than The Wrong Missy, probably just based on the fact that it is about baseball more than anything. Um, so for me, it's going to be a 16 out of 69. <laughs> One and a half stars. There it is. <laughs> nice and low. Sebastian, yeah, what do you think, man? <laughs> so uh i think uh my last time on jurassic world i think i rated it like mid 40s like 46 or something like that you gave it a 54 oh my god (laughs) big fan (laughs) huge fan of that i would say that one has dinosaurs in it good cgi if this movie had fucking dinosaurs (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um i think i'm gonna go ahead and give it probably a 41 i think i'm gonna go 41 and then maybe next time in the future that'll give me something to gauge you know <laughs> that's true you'll see we're, we're finding where things are at <laughs> yeah. 
I like it. I like it. All right. So that gives us an uh, average of 31. So respectable. I mean, that's, you know, just under two and a half, basically. So not terrible. I think that's pretty good for, for the okay. bench warmers. Yeah. I think we'll take that. Yeah. Bench warmers, uh, rotten tomato score. What do you guys think it is? <laughs> uh, 32%. <laughs> I was thinking 30s. I would guess like. I bet it's lower. I bet it's like 15 or something. Really. A cool 13, Cody. You were, you were all over it. Hey, but the audience, 64. So they go. know what they're talking about, right? That's respectful. We're not done yet, though, because, of course, the credits have rolled, and it's time for the post credit scene. What if I told you we were putting a team together? Who's we? Sebasti, what would you set up in the future with a post credit scene of Benchwarmers? This is a this is a callback to a beginning scene of the movie, uh, but I am gonna say it cuts to Richie, Clark, and Gus as they're all eating apple pie. You know, just getting down with some apple pie. The first and then time. Clark takes off running to the bathroom, screaming that his mom was right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really good. I like that. That I mean, that's the best thing. Giving a callback to an earlier joke, resolving. Uh, I mean, it's all about setup and punchline, and you just hit the punchline. I love it. Get Cody. this guy in the writer's room. I, the writers are on strike. Fasties is coming. Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. <laughs> love that. Uh, my scene, it's okay. So mine is, it's kind of like a, a post post credit scene because it's like I want to make it ten years later, anyways. But regardless, it's kind of like setting up the legacy sequel in a bit. So put uh, Rob Schneider in old man makeup, basically, and uh, he's teaching his kid who they've conceived. Obviously, now he's around like ten years old how to like play baseball and stuff when suddenly a new team rolls into town and uh, guess who they're led by Adam freaking Sandler. He's joining the franchise for the sequel and uh, he's going to have a really nice mustache too. That's pretty much the only uh, plot point I've, I've uh, put some plot into here. Yep. Yeah, Adam Sandler's the bad guy in the sequel and he's got a mustache. So I'm excited. Well, Cody, you were kind of all over my uh, post credit scene in a certain way, Uh-oh. except Adam Sandler in mine is not the villain. He's Rob Schneider's brother, and he's setting up a spinoff based in the world of basketball. So basically same concept, but it's Benchwarmer's basketball, and he's Schneider's brother. So yeah, there you go. (laughs) I like that a lot. Just replace Schneider altogether. I'm down. And uh, we're both on the Sandman train, so I'm here for it. Oh yeah, Adam it's Sandler obvious. beating up on some twelve-year-old kids in basketball. <laughs> I'm here to see it. <laughs> <laughs> they probably should have made that movie instead. <laughs> oh, I'm watching that opening night. Yeah, I'm there. Did Wait, you guys yeah. know? And I'm, I'm surprised this hasn't actually come up earlier. That the really the whole reason that this movie was allegedly conceived of and why Adam Sandler had it be produced was because David Spade and Robert Schneider were in a like severe personal disagreement with each other and they were like not friends anymore so adam sedler said you guys are gonna fucking make this movie and become friends again and i guess it worked out so there you go they went on to make grown-ups so something must have worked but yeah adam sandler just a good friend too shout out to him all all around great guy same man (laughs) love that guy six degrees of dave is one of our last categories here i am not a princess we're connecting Rob Schneider to our boy Dave Batista in as many moves as it takes. I uh, I went for a long one today, so maybe I should go last. I'll kick us off here. I think I found a nice little path. And of course, uh, with Bobby Schneider, 
the only film I really know him in is Grown Ups. So we're gonna go down that route. You know, who else are we gonna pair him up with other than Adam Sandler? <laughs> I must sound like a broken record on this podcast, but I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Adam Sandler, we're going to go with one of his more obscure films, though. Uh, Just Go With It, which is a classic. And co-starring along with him in that flick is, of course, Jennifer Aniston, who's one of my favorite uh, 90s actresses. Uh, she's not in a ton of films, but she is in one, another one that we've done on the pod recently, and that is We're the Millers, of course. Uh, go check out that episode if you haven't seen it. Um, and, of course, who else am I going to pick from? We're the Millers, Eyebrow uh, Kid himself uh what's his name actually oh a uh, will polter, oh, polter. <laughs> i didn't write his name down i just wrote eyebrow kid eyebrow kid. <laughs> eyebrow kid is of course in the new guardians of the galaxy 3 with dave batista so we got there i believe in four uh rounds here four degrees of dave so keeping it short surprisingly usually i go fairly long with that but yeah everything comes we back swapped to- places today cody i guess true, true, but yeah shout out eyebrow kid that was my main thought uh through that <laughs> just always got to get to eyebrow kid <laughs> always Sebastian, what did you do, man? All right, so I uh, I took the boy Rob, and I put him. Uh, I connected him with "Don't Mess with the Zohan," John Tenturo. All right, we got yeah, him yeah. in Transformers: The Last oh, yeah. Night with Marky Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> who is in Uncharted with our boy Spider Man Tom, Tom Holland. Nice is in Endgame. With Dave Batista. That, that is my route. That Cody, is, is Transformers The Last Night the one that you always bring up that thing about? <laughs> oh, that is from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the first Marky Mark movie. Um, it's the kid from uh what's that movie? That you say weird. <laughs> Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer. It's the kid from Midsummer. And what yeah, does he so, do? Oh, no, Juliet Guard. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. You just have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah basically mark Wahlberg's daughter is underage, underage. yeah he says yeah. it's it's okay to uh, date an underage person basically and he, he like it's carries it in his pocket around the laws for some reason and it's a made plot line so yeah shout out michael bay really great guy yeah great <laughs> stuff shout out to that movie i liked the path though that was a really fun one john taturo the man Matt, the batman love that oh yeah sure, yeah I love John Turturro. Corbin, I'm excited to hear your your longer spiel here. Well, you know, he went John Turturro. I went for a a, a couple uh, other classic gangsters. So uh, hold on tight for this ride. <laughs> oh, Rob boy. Schneider is in the movie Hubie Halloween with recently passed Ray Liotta. So mm-hmm. there's a classic there, who, of oh. course, is in Goodfellas, a movie we've talked about on the podcast with Bobby D, Robert De Niro. Uh, just had a movie premiere at Cannes with Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, a little Killers of the Flower Moon. So had to talk about Bobby D, who is in The Godfather Part 2 and The Irishman with a little actor named Al Pacino. So we're just getting all the big dogs. And of course, you know, uh, Al Pacino's in uh, Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler, which we're just bringing it all the way back around to Adam Sandler. Dennis Dugan produced Jack and Jill, one of Al Pacino's best 21st century acting performances, no doubt at all in my mind about that fact. Um, and Adam Sandler was in Hustle with Robert Duvall, who was in, of course, The Judge with Robert Downey Jr., who was in Endgame with Dave Batista. So quite the long trip there. Uh, I think Robert Duvall plays the owner of the 76ers in the uh, the movie Hustle. Cody, you have, still haven't checked that one out. You got to, man. If not, that's one of the few Sandmans I have unfortunately not watched yet. 
I like that connection. I believe we used the Judge RDJ connection possibly in our trivia episode. I think we uh, just always talk about him. Yeah. Just yeah, always on our out, mind. Shout out that movie as well. <laughs> just always, always also a mind. movie about underage sex, maybe? Is that is that yeah. a plot line in there? Yeah. I believe so. How many uh, degrees did that take you there? Is that six, seven? Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I think it was six. I mean, obviously... Could have cut out the, the, the Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, but I just had to bring up a couple legends. You know, I don't I know. I think you uh, could have made a gangster movie out of that, man. Out of that lineup. That's a great gangster movie. Sandler guy. should be in a gangster movie with them. Let's make it happen. I'd watch that any day of the week. Final thing, our recommendations. What have we been into? I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Cody, we'll start with you. What, what have you been watching? I've been watching a few stuff actually. Been on a bit of a movie binge. I checked out Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is of course the James Franco joint. It's okay. I kind of just watched it because I I have not seen Dawn yet or uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, which I've heard much better things about. So I want to check those. But yeah, kind of a mid movie. Brian Cox is in it, so I like him. Also, uh, Draco Malfoy is in it. Real dick, but cool CGI. Cool Isn't uh, is John Lithgow in that movie as well? Yeah, he is. He's um, James Franco's... The guy who has Alzheimer's, the one he's yeah, trying to cure. Yeah. Uh, I like John Lithgow too. Fun cast, but too much Franco. So that movie's okay. Past that, I checked... And uh, talking about baseball movies in our draft too, I talked about the movie uh, The Rookie, um, which I really do like. I went back and watched it. Maybe a, a bit of nostalgia goggles on that as well. It's okay, but uh, Brian Cox is really good at it as just being an absolute... Uh, you know, asshole of a father. So shout out him. I think th- uh, this movie got him the role. And you season. only watch Brian Cox movies now, Cody? <laughs> I try. I try. Uh, great actor. Uh, and of course, uh, the new episode of Succession came out. Corbin, did you watch it? I did. I'm finally caught. I'm. We're penultimate episode, dude. We're yeah. we're in the final second, stretch. Second to last episode of the entire series. So that's kind of sad, but uh, I I did like this episode a lot. I think other than uh, episode three, this was probably my favorite so far. Um, just all the speeches at the funeral were absolutely insane and really good like character moments too. So I love that. Um, past that too, one other thing I checked out, I went back and rewatched uh, Guardians two because obviously Guardians three just came out and uh, on the rough cut pod I was kind of talking shit about Guardians two, so I was like. I should go back and because I, I think I only saw it once or twice. I was like, I should go back and see if it's really, you know, not as good as I thought. And yeah, I don't I don't really like it. So <laughs> pretty much just confirm that the soundtrack is good. Shout out uh Fleetwood Mac. Uh really love them. But is it the funniest Guardians though, Cody? Uh no, no, definitely not. It's definitely the most boring. So shout out that. I wouldn't recommend that. But yeah, that's pretty much the gist of my, <laughs> my Rex this week. Wow, coming in with the heat. Sebastian, what do you got for us? What have you been in, man? Well, uh, I just, I think it was probably two weeks ago now. I finished uh, Mandalorian. Um, what did you was, think about? What did you think of the season? At first, like the first two episodes, I was not, I was kind of like bored. I wasn't very happy with it. But towards the end, it, it seems like it's like this every season too, where I'm bored in the beginning and then they finally get some action and some good story in there. And I like it again. So yeah, I liked it at the end, but Okay. I mean, I feel like we're, I don't know really where we're headed with it, honestly, at this point. I've kind of. Star Wars, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, the thing is, like, Mina and I were watching the season and then we gave up about halfway through. We just 
I don't know. It just wasn't super interesting to us. I did hear from a lot of people that it got better. And I'm, you know, you saying that now maybe makes me want to go back and finally finish it, but I don't know. It, it started off a little rough. I'm glad it at least finished strong. I like the last episode, but I mean, like I said, there's just a lot of, I feel like on like unnecessary stuff that goes on in it, like just time fillers. And then a 30 minute episode, it feels like it should be all pertinent information the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, I think all those early episodes were just like, oh, here this monster attacks and then this like it's just a lot of like this happens so you got to do this but like nothing is ever resolved and no plot is moving forward, which kind of sucked early on for sure. Um and then I have started The Last of Us and mm-hmm. I started that like 2 weeks ago and I was binging pretty bad. I like, got really into it. And then I turned off an episode halfway through and I haven't touched it in a week. Like, I don't know what happened, but I got to finish that. I only have two left, like, well, two and a half, but oh, so I got to finish that. Dude, the, past, the last two episodes are uh, really, really good too. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I just, I stopped for no reason. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I got to finish that, but I do really like it so far. Um, and then another show I've been watching, which is kind of a, like a docu-series. It's full swing on Netflix. Uh, it's about golf. It's pretty good, honestly. I thought I was going to hate it. But it's not bad. I mean, I like playing golf, so it worked out. Still not done with it, but we'll see how it goes. It's getting a little it's getting a little weird with the new golf league or whatever that's in it. But movie-wise, I've only watched one this month, which is kind of surprising. Usually I'm at like two or three a month. But uh, it was Smokey and the Bandit, Ooh. which uh, – it was it was actually not bad like throwback it wasn't great but it was pretty good (laughs) so classic burt reynolds joint 1977 did it did it not make you want to go watch the the sequel right away (laughs) no (laughs) no it did not i don't think uh i don't really see what the sequel could be about i mean honestly Gotta do the same thing. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit, but they also made a bench warmers too, of course. So uh they can make sequels to anything, and they're not necessarily guaranteed to be to be anywhere near the quality of the original. That's a good point. A la the last Jedi, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, Corbin's at the full. <laughs> uh, my uh my my Rex here, I got to say, go watch Star Trek, the 2009 version. If you want to be up on some stuff that'll be happening uh, in the coming days on the podcast, definitely go check out that uh, Chris Pine joint. And then on top of that, I mean, Cody, you watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I've been I've been in my apes world as well, but with the uh, original franchise. So I watched the second movie, which is called Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Real nutty one. Um, basically, the first half of the movie is a replaying of the movie right before it, but with a different guy who just looks like Charlton Heston, but is not playing the same character. He's just a blonde haired, blue eyed guy who who seriously looks exactly like Charlton Heston. And is basically like, Oh, what's up with these apes? And the same shit happens. Um, But then after that, they go beneath the planet of the apes. And the second half of the movie is fucking crazy. The ending I, it's weird to think that they continue to make sequels after this movie ended, but they did. Um, and then now I'm halfway through escape from the planet of the apes, which is also a really interesting twist on, and what they do with the franchise. And I'm, I'm curious to see how the, these next couple movies might kind of inspire or lead into what they did with the, this reboot franchise here in the 
late 2010s. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like the Matrix a little bit. Like they are like, is it like the the human factions underground, like hiding from the apes? Or I, I don't really understand. I mean, <laughs> well, spoiler alert for Beneath the Planet of the Apes, <laughs> the classic uh, 1970 film. Uh, essentially, there's like these futuristic humans, yes, who live under the planet, but they have like telepathy and they actually, I, Cody, I, there's, have to watch it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, sounds, it really sounds like the Matrix. So maybe the Matrix is, it, it is a little Matrix esque, maybe. It is really cool. I mean, this Planet of the Apes, like, was one of the outside of James Bond, which is not even really the same as like was the first franchise, like the first huge overarching multi-film planned out franchise where they like had an idea of what they wanted to do. Um, I think they made six movies. Then they did like another couple like TV movie specials. And then, so yeah, I'm going to try and watch it all. And then eventually we'll catch up to, to Cody in the present. I'll hit the, the Wahlberg Tim Burton one from the early 2000s uh, as well. Skip that bad boy. <laughs> Any other <laughs> uh you know that that's pretty much it oh i oh one last thing i rewatched the town in honor of uh joe Missoula, and i guess it just made the celtics want to play like shit so they're probably about to get swept right but uh yep. yeah shout out joe Missoula, the town great great movie i would probably also watch it a couple times a week uh yeah throw it on in the background whose car are we taking <laughs> jeremy renner goat love that well, thank you guys for listening. Sebasti, thank you for coming back and talking yeah. about the Benchwarmers with, with us. It was a pleasure to have you back again, man. Thank you very much. I mean, I was pretty jacked up. I love the the questions you guys are doing on season five. I think I got one more episode to be caught up, and that's your guys' latest one you just put out. So I've been awesome. keeping up with it every every week, so I'm on there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. And hey, we had you on last May for May Mania. We had to bring you back for May Mania this year. We'll say we'll get you back on a little quicker this time around. Yeah, definitely coming back. Whenever. 100%. Sebastian will be back quicker rather than later, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you in the last couple episodes of May Mania coming up. Yep. Stay tuned. Going to be some fun ones. Peace. Bye. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.